a quick disclaimer here before we get on with the episode. This episode was recorded on Monday the 22nd before news of a season came about. Um, So just a disclaimer, this episode is just a bit out of date, but it's also a fun one. Uh, We had a good time recording it. So uh, make sure you listen to this one and then check back next week for our reaction to the season happening. All right. Enjoy the episode, guys. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Bernie's Bums, brought to you by Cream City Central. I just got my heart torn out, so I'm going to toss it over to Ryan right away. Ryan, how's it going? Unlike Olivia, I'm actually doing pretty good because I just don't get my expectations too high. So um, you want to tell everybody why your heart's ripped out? Because like I said, my expectations weren't too high, so I'm not as disappointed as you. Well, I didn't necessarily get my expectations up super high, but as we're recording this, this is Monday the 22nd, and we had just gotten news that the MLB, uh, the MLBPA leaders decided to vote against the 60-game season proposal that Rob Manfred put out. Uh, it was like 35 to 5 to reject it, and... Now we're stuck with Rob Manfred having to mandate a season as our last hope to see baseball this season. And I take it you don't have much confidence at all in Rob Manfred. Well, here's where my here's where my thinking lies is okay, so even if Rob Manfred like mandates a season, like I would expect him to because at least he'll get some amount of money and not completely lose out. But the issue comes is it won't be an agreed upon season, so there's going to be a lot of bad blood, I feel like. And I'm looking ahead to when we have to negotiate a new CBA, and I just get concerned because the relationship already is damaged, and I'm very concerned of what can happen. Yeah, I, I feel like the players made a good move when everybody came out and did the whole when and where thing. um, Because basically, they just put all of it on the owners and commissioner. I mean, they come out like at they come out of this looking like champions. You know, they look like the good guys. Yeah. And as always, Rob Manfred looks like the bad guy because I mean, he kind of is. He's the worst. I mean, we've been over this. He's the worst commissioner in sports. Uh, here, just in. Let me read this out loud. We got a statement from the MLBPA here. Let's see what the official statement says. The MLBPA executive board met multiple times in recent days to assess the status of our efforts to resume the 2020 season. Earlier this evening, the full board reaffirmed the players' eagerness to return to work as soon as, as safely as possible. To that end, we anticipate finalizing a comprehensive set of health and safety protocols with Major League Baseball in the coming days and we await a word from the league on the resumption of spring training camps and a proposed 2020 schedule. While we had hoped to reach a revised back-to-work agreement with the league, the players remain fully committed to proceeding under our current agreement and getting back on the field for the fans, for the game, and for each other. Wow. So basically, they're coming out trying to look like the good guys again, saying that they came out with everything that the MLB wanted. 
what the MLB is not giving them. Exactly. And one thing, you know, throughout this whole process, I've been very much on the player's side. But one thing that really, it struck me as odd is when the players, so Rob Manfred and Tony Clark, they met somewhere in Arizona and they had talked about this 60 game proposal, or at least that's what I took out of it. And that's, they kind of figured this out together. And then a couple days after that, the Players Association proposed a 70-game season that went against the 60-game season that they had just tried to put together. And so, I mean, if I'm the league, I'm kind of pissed off because you think you're getting somewhere and then they all of a sudden add another 10 games. Now, granted, 10 games isn't astronomically large, but it is kind of frustrating that, I don't know. It just seems so petty. It's, yeah, it's yeah. like I, I, everything's different this season, and this isn't even talking about like what they're gonna do safety wise because that's a whole nother issue. Um, but it's just like oh well, we want this and they want this, but it they're very similar, but at the same time, it's every proposal is just missing those couple things that it's like just put it in there so we can watch some baseball. Yeah, and I think the one thing that the players wanted. To keep at least. Now, I don't quite understand this. This is above me. But it was something with grievance that the MLB wanted to take away or they didn't want to give them. I don't know anything about it. That's been the one thing I've been pretty clueless on through this whole thing. I want to say it's something about, like, the players being able to sue the MLB if they were to get, like, hurt or not hurt. They were to get, like, sick or something. I want to say it's something like that. But again... I could be very wrong. So, yeah, with their thing about suing when they're sick, here's my thing. And I know we don't talk about the virus, you know, coronavirus too much on this podcast. We try to stay away, but right now, it's hard not to. Inevitable. <laughs> yeah, right now we can't ignore it. Um, You know, football wants to come back. Their big thing is, you know, I, I, I'm seeing a lot of college teams coming out with their coronavirus numbers. Um. The problem is nobody's seeing which ones are asymptomatic, and as we've seen, or as we've read, um, it's very hard to pass coronavirus asymptomatically. That's like the new thing that came out. Um, believe what you want, but uh, I just kind of read the new studies and form my opinions based on that. But if these guys are getting the coronavirus asymptomatically, we as a society, and you know, I'm not a doctor, I'm not anything like that, but we need to become um, we need to become okay with positive tests, especially if they're asymptomatic. You know, if they're symptomatic, yes, quarantine for two weeks, whatever. But asymptomatically, they've stated it's very hard to uh, pass it on to somebody else. Um, I'm kind of under the belief that if you know 10 people right now, I feel like one of those people have been in contact with the coronavirus. It's just a matter of if they get sick or not. Yeah, and I... Yeah, and I I agree. Like, this whole thing, you know, when this whole thing started, it was kind of, you know, it was almost like, I don't know how to explain it. It was like a gamble. It's like, who's going to get it and who's not going to get it? Because at the rate that it was spreading when it first started, it it seemed at the beginning that we're all screwed, we're all going to get it. And now, since things have cooled down, cooler heads have prevailed, you know, there's a little bit more research out there. You know, I... There's still 100% health risks to doing it, but 
it just doesn't seem as big of a monster to me as it did back then. And, you know, that's a difference in how news is portrayed and headlines. But, you know, maybe I'm alone in this, but I don't see a reason why I can't see 25 guys take a field every night. Well, and that's the thing, you know, before the biggest scare was that it could transfer asymptomatically. Um, because you couldn't show symptoms, but you could give it to somebody else who's at high risk, and then they could get it and show symptoms. But now they're saying that that can't happen, or what they believe can't happen. So that's why I'm saying, like, we need to become a little bit more okay with positive tests, because, you know, maybe at some point, everybody will become in contact with it. It's just, do you get sick or not? Same with, you know, the other types of viruses or colds, you know, the same I'm not saying, you know, I'm not trying to say this is the flu or the cold because I think it is more severe than that. But the same way you're in contact with those things all the time and your body fights it off, I think that's just how, you know, these professional sports athletes and commissioners kind of have to view this because there's going to be people with it in the league. You can't erase that at all. Well, there's already been people who have tested positive. I think a group of pitching coaches and pitchers, uh, I think there was like maybe like 10 of them, I think that tested positive and I think I think you have a solid point is like we have to be okay with positive tests and we can't freak out when we get one especially in especially just talking in baseball terms of you know playing a season and stuff especially if they're asymptomatic you know that was that's the biggest thing is what are they I don't know the numbers anymore last time I looked there 80 85 percent of cases are asymptomatic which is actually that's promising to look at um, I just don't know if the player, you know, I don't know if the players are as worried. It's just a toss up on what they believe in. Well, and it was interesting too. I think I forgot who had tweeted it out, but there was a lot of discussion. Obviously with this whole baseball thing, the big discussion was economics. How are we going to get paid? You know, that was the big talk about starting the season was the money, which okay, we live in a capitalist country, I would expect that. But kind of the funny thing was, is somebody had tweeted out and said, they don't necessarily have any of the safety precautions figured out. Like, they've been sitting here for the last couple months talking about money, which is fine, because you have to figure it out. But we still have to figure out how we're going to keep these players safe and how like how they're going to go about that league-wide because it can't just be up to the team. But, I mean, do they have to do what the NBA is doing? Because I'm not saying what the NBA doing is too much, but I do think it's a little excessive. Oh, I mean, yeah. It is, I, and I get it. You want your players to feel safe, be safe. But like I said, if you're asymptomatic, it's very – and say somebody has symptoms in – they pass it on to you, there's still a chance where you won't get sick. That's kind of the biggest thing with this. Um, the same with, you know, any kind of sickness. I know I know this one's a little bit more contagious, but that doesn't mean everybody who's getting sick is going to the hospital. And I know that sounds a little insensitive about, you know, am I downplaying how severe this is? I don't think I am because I, like I stated before, it is very serious. I do believe people are getting very sick. I'm not one of those people that thinks it's a big conspiracy, but There is a point where you, I don't, even next season, you know, 2021 baseball, players are still going to get the coronavirus. It's not something that can be wiped out of the world completely. You know, when people are like, oh, when this is all done or when things go back to normal, when, 
you know, like I said, when things are all done, that just can't happen. That's an unrealistic expectation. Yeah, it's like expecting the flu to go away. It'll never go away. We can get the um, vaccines and stuff to help prevent it, but it's always going to be around um, if not everybody gets your vaccines. So I think, and one thing to note too is this past week, I think, I think the commissioner, yeah, MLB mandated this for all facilities. So all, I don't know if it was just spring training facilities or if it's all facilities in general. But they all had to close down, get really deep clean, and then create some sort of testing environment. So whoever comes in, they have to get tested and test negative to be allowed in the facilities. And I took that almost as a little bit of a positive, thinking that, okay, you know, we're going to try to get players back at facilities and, you know, depending on where they are. And just to kind of have a system going and hopefully be able to translate that system into a season. But, man, this that whole thing is just throwing everybody for a loop. I don't think anybody knows what's going on. Yeah, and like you said, it all they've been doing is worrying about how many games they're going to play, how much money is involved, and they haven't even brought up what they're going to do for these players to feel safe. And I know, you know, the players that are reaching out on Twitter, the when and where players, they don't speak for everybody. But they don't seem as concerned as, you know, somebody else. No, it was funny because when I think, oh, it was probably nearly a month ago now. It's been this long. But when the owners initially put out, I think it was like 68 pages of their safety protocols that they were going to try to agree on. And as I was reading through some of this, it's like this, there was quite a bit where I was like, there's no way. Because my whole thing is like, I think there was one where there was like no showering at the field. Everybody wears a mask. You can only take batting practice outside. But my thing is, is these guys spend 11, 12 hours a day together for a seven o'clock game. They get there 12, 1230 and they don't leave until 11 o'clock midnight. So if one player is going to get it, a mask that a pitching coach is wearing or outdoor BP I don't think is really going to make that much of a difference of having another player not getting it. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, if say I got the virus, I'm not saying I want it, but if I got it and I was asymptomatic, I I feel like I would, I mean, I would kind of, would I resume normal life? I mean, from the studies going out, they say, you know, you can't really transfer to other people. So like the risk really isn't there. So should the players kind of just go about it that way? I don't know. Yeah, I think that'll be one thing to tell about how much will be under, like, the clubs themselves. Like, how much control will be put up to just the club individually or how much is really just going to come all from the commissioner's office um, on what they're going to do. It'll be interesting to see how that balance kind of figures out if we do have a season because right now there's really no guarantee and, you know, Rob is known to screw up. So who knows at this point? All right, and I don't really, no offense, Olivia, I know this is kind of your topic, your thing, I don't really love talking about the coronavirus and, you know, the MLB, MLB, PA, it's kind of a drag. A little so, bit, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of sick of it. <laughs> you brought something up earlier to me that I actually am kind of excited to talk about, and it was that article written about Pete Alonzo from the New York Post. Yeah. This is about the most ridiculous thing I've read in the last couple of days. So basically, for the people that don't know, 
a writer for the New York Post. Do you remember his name? Ah, uh, shoot. I want to say, I'll look at the article real quick. I'll pull it up. So basically, if I'm explaining it to a three-year-old, basically old man yelling into the wind about players swearing. Right? Bill Mushnick. Mushnick? Something like that. He's known to write stupid stuff like this, though. Well, he's like, he's old. Outdated. <laughs> so, basically the whole article, the Mets, you know, their big thing is, let's go Mets, let's go Mets, whatever. Um, Pete Alonzo decided to tweet, what was it? L-F-G-M. You know, yeah. the F. Yeah. You can insinuate two what it two means. Together. So this old man <laughs> writes an article, a column in the New York Post. Yeah, keep in about, mind, this is the New York Post. This isn't some, like, little, like, media place. Somewhere. Like, this is the New York Post. Yeah, it's not Cream City Central. It's the New York Post. <laughs> so this old man just goes off about how Pete Alonzo is adding to a problem about swearing vulgarity in sports and how he can do better as a person. What? <laughs> First of all, I just want to start off by reading the first two lines of this article because when I started reading this, I think I saw a KFC tweet that made me read this. And I read the first two lines and I was astounded. So the first two lines say, some wrongs are not difficult to write. As my friend Mark Morley says, it's not rocket surgery. I didn't know rockets had surgery. I... That Mark Morley, he's guaranteed an old guy, too. Like, there's no way <laughs> what the that hell guy is, is younger than 70. What the hell is rocket surgery? No, I don't think he knows. I think he just said it because he thought it sounded good, but it sounds horrible. It's rocket honestly, science. That's the term. But I, So you sent me this article today. I never read it before. I really didn't hear about it. And I was at work, and I'm just reading I'm like, is this the dumbest thing I've ever read? Is this the dumbest issue anybody's ever brought up? It was four days ago during, you know, uh, this day and age where everything right now that's going on, this is what he brings up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And I, I think mean, it's, I think one of the biggest, the funniest things to me when I was reading this is how he started bringing this back to, and this is why MLB doesn't appeal to young kids, because what our father is going to say to their son when they ask what the F means in that slang, it's like, Yes. That is what's contributing to the lack of MLB fans because Pete Alonzo put a term, put an F in a term and tweeted it out. That is why we have no baseball fans that are younger than 20. That is exactly why. Phil Phil figured it out. He cracked the code. I mean, it's not because Rob Manfred ruined his chance to be the only sport on TV. It's because Pete Alonzo says the F word. Exactly, and it's not because Rob Manfred like can't market players and doesn't even know what Twitter is. It's for sure because Pete Alonzo uses the F-bomb. I wish I could get this guy on the pod. I really <laughs> wish, because I would tell him to his face, I I promise you I would, about how dumb of what I think he said. Like, how dumb he sounded by what he said. And the whole thing, like, one... You know, these are professional athletes. and They're grown men. And that's what I was about to say. On top of that, they're grown men. They can say whatever the hell they want. And he even mentioned, he goes, well, their agents or club can't really, like, tell them to take it down. It's like, yeah, because we have something called a freedom of speech in this country. 
that you're also using, but you're using it in an awful way. Because well, Pete Alonso's 25 years old and he hasn't had to worry about a swear word since he was probably 12. <sighs> guaranteed, I would say guaranteed 99.9% of players swear in the league. Oh, more than that. I think. I mean. You can't I, I, tell me. You can't tell me. Let's throw out a random player here. Who's I remember. I remember dropping, you know, fat F-bombs in my glove pitching in high school. Um, not saying that the ump didn't say anything to me, but they would, you know, I drop a big F. <laughs> well, and like, you see it all the time. I think one of my favorite highlights is, I think it was game 163. Josh Hader obviously finished it off. And as he was going to celebrate with the catcher, who I believe was Kratz, was catching that game. I could be wrong. That whole game is kind of a blur to me. But you could hear him say, let's effing go. Obviously saying it you in know, full vulgarity. And I think one thing that I... He didn't say... Wait. He didn't say effing? I know. It's a big shock. <laughs> he said the whole thing? <laughs> he said the whole thing, Ryan. And that is our Yo. issue. That's the issue with baseball. Because he said the whole thing. Phil probably had a mini stroke. <laughs> Phil's probably sitting. He's sitting on his lazy boy like, damn it, Josh. Just just talking about this kind of makes me want to bring it up to the big boys at CCC and, you know, see if they want to loosen up the loosen up the ropes on us a little bit over oh, here. Oh, God. You would go off just based off of our text conversations. Well, I don't know. Like, my only issue is. Could we still get the same amount of interviews? I, probably. I mean, as long as we're not, like, be, you know, being gross or being totally disrespectful. I mean, I feel like I can speak freely, right? I mean... I, I mean, what, these, player, these players never heard it before? <laughs> <laughs> no, they've... Well, they've definitely heard it from Pete Alonso only because he's the only one who swears in the league. And I've never heard anything bad about Pete Alonso. That's why this was the weirdest thing, because... <laughs> he seems like, just like such a fun-loving guy. Everybody like, loves him. Phil's just picking on him. <laughs> <laughs> like, everybody loves Pete Alonso. I've never heard anything bad about him. And it's funny, too, because, you know, obviously, like, you know, you want to appeal to kids, and obviously you don't want to be cussing in front of young children. Obviously, there's a point of being a role model, you know, you're in a public eye. But also... You know, I think. I, see, I don't. I, real let quick, me finish. I don't. Let me. Finish. No, I don't want to cut you. I don't want to cut, cut you off. off. You just cut me off. I want to finish my statement. But I want to cut you off. <laughs> okay, what do you have to say? I don't think we're appealing to kids. I think they want. They need to appeal to like the sixteen to twenty-two demographic. So my demographic. That's why I was talking. Anyway, as I was saying earlier, <laughs> <laughs> uh, when Christian Yelich went on, I think it was John Boy Media, and did. The whole Trevor Plow thing where oh, he talked about his oh, swing. Another thing. Another thing. Oh my gosh. Can you let me finish a statement today? <laughs> I love Down Boy Media. Was that it? Was that that was necessary. Oh god. This has been going that on was... all morning, guys. I would like to say he has been dramatic as all get out all morning. Or all day, well, I should uh, say. Well, can we should we say why I was dramatic? We don't need to go into detail. I'm trying to make a statement. All right, when you're done, I'm going to totally disregard what you said, and then we're going to go back and talk about why we had a disagreement. <laughs> it wasn't even a disagreement. Anyway, as I was saying, so we went on John Boy Media. He did his whole swing breakdown. And part of my favorite thing with him is he's obviously a super reserved guy. Like, 
He says all the right things. You never really hear him stutter or say the wrong thing. But my favorite part about those interviews is that he was let go and he, he let go a little bit and he was talking like as if he were in a clubhouse. Like he was cussing a bit. He was throwing out like baseball slang. And, and again, as we talked about the demographic of like 16 to 30, I think you'd said, you know, that's my generation and my demographic that I'm a part of. And I was kind of like, hell yeah. Like, I enjoy seeing that because it's a part of their personality. And that's one thing that baseball has struggled with marketing is their personalities. And to hear a player, I mean, not obviously all the time, but it's kind of fun. It's like, hell yeah, let loose a bit, man. Like, Well, and the thing is, we've all heard the, you know, the candid, you know, the typical answers. Like, I want something candid. I don't want to just hear the same stuff over and over. I like those players, you know, Bryce Harper, who's going to go out and say whatever he wants. I like that. Yeah, there's a part of, there's like respect for them because you know they don't care and they're, you know they're not trying to keep up some image. Excuse me, I'm choking on myself a bit. But no, I have, and I think, oh shoot, I forget who the player was. I think it was, uh, it was somebody on the Indians when, because Trevor Bauer's Momentum company, media company. Nick Markakis. No. Francis Colindor. Um, my name Travis Hafner. <laughs> no, you're not even close. But he did a mic'd up series. Victor Martinez, Grady Sizemore. No, just no, shut no, up. I'm just, just shut no, up. I'm just naming mid two thousands Indian players. Um, and he did a thing where he mic'd up guys throughout the year during batting practice. And one guy, I'm trying to find his name right now because I had a lot of respect, is he was like cussing into the microphone and obviously they had to bleep it out for YouTube purposes. But one thing that I respected is the guy was like, man, you can't be doing that. You got kids watching. And he was like, it's a man's world out there. They're going to learn sooner or later. And I was like, I respect that. Like, I I have some respect for that. Well, you mean like your dad's not saying it while he's trying to change the oil of his car? You know he is. <laughs> it was Jake Bowers. That's who it was. Um, so Yeah, you weren't close. No, well, I mean, I named guys that aren't even currently on the team. <laughs> Jim Tomey. <laughs> no idea. You don't know who Jim Tomey is? No. What? Okay, what year is this, Ryan? Again, we have we go Jim Tomey. We go through Are this. You... We go through this every time. What People... year? What year did he play? <laughs> he played like, uh, late nineties through the two thousands. He's like one of those guys that Ryan, was. Ryan, I wasn't born yet. I don't care, but he was one of those guys that was kind of like in the steroid era, but never linked to him. Mm. You never heard of Jim Domi? No. I honestly, I feel like people are gonna stop listening to us because you just discredited <laughs> well, what then we do. Cut it out, Ryan. <laughs> cut it out. No. You have the power. No. no, because um, I know who Jim Tomey is. Oh, so now you just want to seem like the good guy? Jim Tomey, nineteen ninety one through two thousand twelve. There's... Hit 612 career home runs, and you don't know who that guy is. No. Also, I'd like to point out that did he play for the Indians most of his career? Yes. Okay. That's the Hall AL. Hall of Famer Jim Tomey. <laughs> That's the AL. I don't concern myself as much with the AL as I do with the NL. That doesn't matter. There's a lot He's to like... <laughs> There's a lot to cover in the NL. What is he, like six all-time, seventh all-time on the home run leaderboard? I don't pay attention to the past, man. I'm eyes to the future. 
Yikes. Yikes. Yeah, you know you you know you messed up on that one. You know that's not a good look for you. Hey, I'm honest, man. At least I'm not trying to say like, oh yeah, him. You know, I'm honest with the people. They want to be mad at me. At least they're mad at me because I'm honest. The title of this episode should be Olivia did not know who Jim Tomey was. Hmm. Should we continue to talk about baseball in the future? (laughs) Should we continue this? Because Olivia (laughs) did not know one player. So this is still hanging on the back of my head, though, because you cut me off. (laughs) You cut me off first, like, five times. I wanted to tell everybody why I was a little grumpy this morning. And it's because I, there's not many topics right now, as I mean, as you can imagine. Um, I wanted to talk about who the greatest Brewer team of all time was. And usually people say 1982 or they say 2011. I wanted to do a fictional debate, which team would win in a seven game series. And Olivia said no, because she doesn't care. Okay, can I, I got the receipts here, dude. You, <laughs> you phrased it as a question saying, Maybe we talk 2011 Brewers versus 1982 Brewers hypothetically hypothetical series today with a question mark. I, Pretty awesome topic idea. I though. take it as a question. I said, to be honest, I don't really feel that strongly about that. And you replied with a sass text saying, dot, 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 fine, Olivia, just fine. Well, yeah, I was upset. <laughs> I wanted to talk about Prince Fielder and Bill Hall and Ricky Weeks. You just want to talk about your mid-2000s Brewers. That's the only thing you ever want to do. And Randy Wolf. Oi, Bobby. Really had to bring him up, too? Well, I mean, we've talked about him before, and I'll talk about him again. (laughs) Um, Have we really talked about Randy Wolf? Well, yeah. I mean, if you actually listen to me, I've said (laughs) that every game I went to uh, throughout high school, pretty much I think I saw Randy Wolf. Randy Wolf pitched, like, I don't know, six times. Okay, I do remember that. I do remember that. Yeah, and you said, let's not talk about Randy Wolf. Let's talk about something else. Let's <laughs> talk Let's talk about how the MLB and the MLBPA doesn't get along. You are... I have no words for you right now. Yeah, first time ever. Did we just, did we just have our first on-air fight? Oh my gosh, are we going to go viral? (laughs) Definitely not. I wish, but... Are we going to go viral? I don't know, man. Make this happen, people. Well, I'd have to say some really, like, bad stuff, and then we'd go viral for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Yeah. That would happen to us. (laughs) (laughs) Right, we do pretty well. And then, then, like, one damn tweet throws us under the bus. I'm I'm still upset about how you didn't know who Jim Tomey was. Get over it. Why? Cause six six hundred twelve home runs. Okay, yeah, that's a lot of home runs. That is a ton with no with no steroids. Never been linked to steroids. Okay, but you do know. we really know that he never took steroids? Do we know that anybody hasn't taken steroids? Do you know if I've never taken steroids? No, frankly, I don't care. To be completely honest with you. All right, he's eighth all time on the home run leaderboard. Can you name the first seven? I could name some players of the first seven. I couldn't name all. Try to name them in order. Barry Bonds. Okay, that's number one. Good job. Hank Aaron. Wait, wait, wait. Barry Bonds is the true home run king? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 
my true home run king. Okay. Yep. Up for debate once again. That's a relative topic. It's relative. Hank Aaron, number two. Yep. Yep. Uh. Are you kidding me? 715 home runs. Uh. Babe Ruth. Oh, okay. Thank you, Olivia, yeah. for knowing who Babe Ruth was. <laughs> I didn't know if he was second or third, or, or third or fourth, okay? My girlfriend, who's never watched a minute of baseball in her life, even knows who Babe Ruth is. Oh, I don't act like I don't know who he is. Of course I know who he is. She's actually, I think, shaking her head no. She doesn't know who Babe Ruth is. <laughs> <laughs> I got, like, one of those, like, eh, on the hand thing. Like, eh, mm. I don't really think I know who he is, so... All right, I take that back. Like, maybe I've heard the name. Yeah, I think that's kind of what she's doing. I mean, kind of like she thinks she knows who Brett Favre is, but... You are just <laughs> throwing her under the bus right now. That's all right. She don't listen anyways. Poor thing. <laughs> I just have the podcast, like, getting downloaded onto her phone just to give us more downloads. She doesn't actually listen. <laughs> you just all let right. out all of our secrets. All right, number four. Who's number four? Uh, Another steroid guy. Someone linked to steroids. McGuire? Nope. Whoa, oh. no, no, no. So Served a whole... No, he's number nine. Damn it. McGuire was number 11. Damn it. Uh, this guy, number four. I'm going to keep giving you hints. Uh, he actually had to serve a whole season suspension. Or it was like 162 games or something like that. Ugh. Um, started his career as a Mariner. Nope. Um, then <laughs> went to the Rangers. I feel like I know the name, but I can't. And then played for the Yankees. I literally, I, I feel like I know who this is, but I can't figure out what his name is. You should know who this is. <laughs> Can I have a first letter of the first name, please? A. Chapman? <laughs> Just throwing out. Initials are AR. His number was 13. Oh, Rodriguez. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it took me I pretty much told you who that was. So, Rodriguez was fourth. Do you know who's fifth? Can you give That's... me a year of playing? What year? Uh, he played in the 50s and 60s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me right now? 660 home runs. Consider one of the greatest center fielders of all time. The Say Hey Kid. Oh, I don't even know what that is. Willie Mays. Oh, yeah, him. Uh, yeah, him. Are you kidding me? Okay. I'm, I might never record with you again. Can I just preface this by saying... I am not a history buff. I really, I, if, if I'm being completely honest, I I respect the history of the game. I admire it. But I don't really need to know that much about it. You know, I'm a, I'm a future analytics kind of gal. I I really don't care about home run leaderboards, the, RBI leaderboards. The, the true home run king is Ryan Braun because he consistently <laughs> had 23 home runs. Okay. I never okay. said that. I, know, I will you always, would say something like I that. would always crown Hank Aaron home run king. Alright, who's number six? He's an active player. Oh. At six hundred and fifty-six home runs. 
needs five next season to go into fifth place. Can I get a team, please? Um, yeah, uh, he plays with Mike Trout. So, there you go. You have to know what team Mike Trout plays for. The Angels. Thank you. Um, he's kind of an old man now. Uh, Pujols. Pujols. Oh, that was the first one you got. Besides Bonds and Hank Aaron. And Babe Ruth, I guess. And then number seven, right before Jim Tomey. At 630 home runs. My favorite player of all time. Ricky Weeks. Well, <laughs> alright. Alright. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. Because it's Ricky Weeks, Bill Hall, and then this guy. <laughs> well, then don't say it was your favorite player of all time. Well, I, I have different favorite players of all time. Like, What's the, point? Never, I can't, What's the point I mean, of I saying say your Ricky... favorite player of all time and then saying, so, well, I have three. I, it depends on the day. You're like a woman. Like, I can mm, say, it depends on the day. I can say Ricky Weeks, but I don't want to have to explain it to everybody. So this guy is also, I mean, it's like 1A, 1B. Ricky Weeks is 1A. This guy's 1B. <laughs> that is so stupid. And then Bill Hall is solid. There is there that is just not like you don't say, oh yeah, I have an all-time favorite player. And I say, well, actually there's two. It just depends on the day. Well, alright, guess number seven. Can I get a year of planes? Um, I believe he was the first overall pick in 1989, I believe. Uh, and then he played all the way up to like 2010 or something like that. I don't have the actual numbers right in front of me. Uh, team? <laughs> um, he's most famous for playing for the Mariners, but you probably remember him being on the Reds. What? Um, please tell me, gonna... please tell me when you said the Mariners, I was like, Ichiro. <laughs> <laughs> 630 home runs, Ichiro Suzuki. Never in a million years. Great player, but not that, not home run hitting that player. I played for the Reds. Yep. If you get this one, we can let everybody go, <laughs> but we're not going until Olivia guesses it. Who played for the Red? Like, did he play towards the end of his career as the Red? Yeah, he played with the Red for the end of his career. He also had like a tiny stint with the White Sox, and then nobody cares about the White Sox. Well, and then he finished it all off back with the Mariners. Cruz. No, no, no. I don't even know if Cruz played with the Reds. I'm just really naming off players that I know hit home runs. Called Junior. Oh. What? Griffey? D thank you. Again. Ken Griffey Jr. I got it. You know what? You know, at one point, there was a team with Randy Johnson, Ken Griffey Jr., and Alex Rodriguez, and they didn't win the World Series? I mean, again, a team is comprised of more than three players. See, that's what I see. You see that they should have won the World Series. I see that a team isn't comprised of three players, and I would like to see their supporting cast. All right. I don't actually want to go through that right now. <laughs> see, we just, <laughs> we just view the game very differently. I I don't yeah, care do. about old-time numbers, about old-time scouts. I really couldn't care less about a home run leaderboard and our RBI leaderboard or batting average leaderboard. I couldn't care less about it. I just care about if a team wins or doesn't win. Oh, my gosh. All right, you're making me sick. 
It's the truth, though. I mean, like I, I said, I respect the history of baseball. I love it. I if, I don't say I, played, I know a lot about it, but... If I played 20 seasons in the league and I never won a World Series, but I was the home run king, I'd be so happy. No. I would. No, that you know is what? the I'm dumbest getting, thing ever. That is the I'm dumbest getting, thing you've ever said, and that says a lot. I'm getting paid if I'm the home run king, though. I mean, I'm making, like, trout money. Yeah, but you go 20 years and you don't win a World Series? That's, that's the fine. ultimate prize. Ask any that's, player. All right, that's fine. I'm hitting tanks. Oh, God. You're so selfish. Well, sometimes. So self-absorbed. I, mean, I, I would be happy, but, I mean, if I'm hitting 800 home runs for a career, are you kidding me? Yeah, but, like... Uh, this is again. This is where we see the game very differently. Uh, I mean, pretty much, yeah. I see it more fun. <laughs> I see it as who's gonna win the last game of the year. And you're such a dork. Did you just like? <laughs> I just called it Moneyball like, right there, just to really add to the dorkiness. Did you just, like, read out of a cliche book? Um, if I can quote Billy Bean myself here to finish this off. Uh, Brad they Pitt, don't, Billy Bean. They don't care unless you win the last game of the season. Thank well, you. Well, you know what? A lot of people seem to talk about Barry Bonds still. Well, because Barry Bonds is the ultimate guy to talk about. He was a character yeah. on the field. He had his controversies. He was a very talented hitter. I'll give him that every day and twice on Sunday. And then he stayed around in the league and was a hitting coach. Yeah, of course people still talk about Barry Bonds. Why wouldn't you? I love I love Barry Bonds. I wouldn't go that far, but I have no, respect I for him. Uh, just like my friend Jared Kravis. Uh, we're not actually friends, but <laughs> Jer- Jared loves Barry Bonds, and so do I. Congratulations. Thank you. Mm-hmm. What do you think? You think we should just kind of let me guess? Is he your? Is he your? Let me guess. Is Barry Bonds your one C player then on your top players of all time? No, he doesn't. I don't even know if he cracks the top ten. Maybe one of these days we'll oh go through Ryan's top ten. You're like, like he's, a, he's a great player. I love him. Doesn't crack actually, top ten though. You know who one C is actually, and he even you actually a have a one C. Oh, good lord. So I have a one A, and I sh- I don't know how I forgot about him. He is my one A, one B, Ricky Week, one C, Ken Griffey Jr., one A. You would never guess this player. Is it a brewer? Actually, Please tell me it's a no, brewer. No, I Screw actually. You. He kind of got me into baseball, like loving baseball. Oh, that's before the, my time. The <laughs> first, I will never get it. The first uh, memory I have of him is like he almost made me a Cubs fan because he was on the Cubs when I first started watching baseball. Um, but it is Juan Pierre. Oh, good lord! What don't you know who actually said they liked Juan Pierre? Do you remember the interview? No. Clayton Andrews. Ugh. Clayton Andrews did, so come on. You have to say you like it now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like how I'm getting blackmailed into this. All right, well, I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, we'll see how I do with this. Uh, what Olivia usually says, um, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> <laughs> Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, give us a rate, give us a comment, share us on Facebook, share us on Twitter, do all that fun stuff. Uh, We love doing these podcasts, and we just love to see the numbers grow, and they've been growing, so we appreciate everybody that's listening. Uh, Olivia, got anything else to say? 
I just want to say sorry that this was kind of a discombobulated episode of it. This was one of our first ones that was completely pretty much unscripted. Um, so we really just talked. So, I mean, if whoa, you like whoa, it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. When was, she says unscripted, we usually have an outline. Yes. Like, it's not like we type out what we're going to oh, say. No. <laughs> it's not like we have a transcript. You, yeah, you definitely misused the word scripted. Sorry. This is our first one without a detailed outline of order of how we're going to talk about things and how we go about the episode. So, I mean, if but, this does well, who knows, but... I mean, this was fun. I had a fun time recording. Even though you're going to, like, hang up on me right now and then go punch a wall because you think I'm stupid? Well, I mean, not knowing <laughs> who Jim Tomey was or Alex Rodriguez for a while, that's pretty tough. I mean, I, I'm sure I deserve it. What the hell? Why but, not? But I'll cut you some slack. Until oh. next week. Oh, boy. I don't know. All right. Well, we will talk with you all next week. Hopefully there's maybe some news about baseball and about new safety precautions and not just the regular MLBPA, MLB talk that we've been having for the last five weeks. But uh, we'll talk to you all next week. Have a good one, guys.